1: This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. You guys, welcome to your Wednesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal, Ryan. How the heck are you doing? You made it to Wednesday, so now, I said yesterday you could phone it in for the rest of the week, but now I truly mean it. Phone it in for the rest of the week. Let the work week just die. Just phone it in. Just lay back. Kick back. Don't answer the emails. It is party time, baby. Um Listen. You might hear a little bit of hoarseness in my voice. I've been here. I'm at the Betcher Studios right now, looking at a beautiful, which is a New York building, really. I'm just looking at a building, but it looks really. You can tell it's New York, which is really exciting. I wish you could see it. Just, I mean, it's just windows. I mean, I really can't even see, but it's cool. It's very cool. Um, I hope you guys are good, uh, and your Wednesday is treating you well. Well, we got a hell of a show. I talked to the one and only Heather Flippin McMahon today. Uh, I have been wanting to talk to her for so long, and her new Netflix special is out right now. It came out on Tuesday. It's called Sun I Never Had, and it really, truly was hysterical. I... Uh, Like everything, I go in not wanting to like things and I loved it. And I got to tell you, I, you guys know, I get nervous to talk to all these really cool people and uh, she was just great. She was delightful. She was hysterical. You know, I think the greatest thing about these people that are starting, you know, like that this, on this journey, I mean, I think of Heather as a star, but what's so cool is when, and I think this is one of the the talents and one of the, the signs of how they are, so successful in their careers is that you're like, Oh, it feels like one of my friends. This feels like my really funny, talented friend. It feels like that person that I could tell anything to that I want to laugh with. It was like somebody like, Oh, I would be, I'd be friends with this person in high school. And I mean, listen, I, that could be true, but I think it's like, she makes us all feel that way. I mean, there's so many McManiacs out there, tiramisu bitches. Um, and hello, if you're listening for the first time to listen to Heather McMahon, it's okay. It'll be, it'll be safe. It's good. But she was just delightful. She was just so funny. And, uh, I mean, truly amazing. Have your own Netflix comedy special sold out tour everywhere. I mean, listen, she she sold out Radio City Music Hall. I was just there the other night, which by the way, I tell her I've seen so much stand-up this last week. Just watched her comedy special. Of course, saw Joey Gorga do stand-up in Jersey, and then I saw Michael Che and uh, Colin Jost at Radio City on Sunday. And I gotta tell you, I enjoyed Heather's more than any. I mean, she was my favorite stand-up of all of those people. But she was delightful. We talk about everything. We talk about uh, her stand-up special. We talk about her dad. We talk about how Housewives. We talk about uh, Brittany and Justin, which we'll talk about here in a second before we get into Heather. But it was just amazing. And I hope to cross paths with her again. But truly, Somebody that really, I mean, she's inspiring. I've talked to a lot of people this week, like Lauren Speed Hamilton from Love is Blind. She inspired me. Heather inspired me in a completely different way. You know, somebody that's able to make people laugh and somebody that has worked so hard to get to where they are. I try to impress upon people, and we talk about this in the interview, is you really do hear no so much in this business. And you've got to have some, I don't even know if it's in eternal belief in yourself, but you've got to have something that makes you keep going, even though everything sometimes points to quitting. And I think that's so important for anything that you do in life is to just ignore, ignore the gremlins in your head that are telling you, you can't do this. You can't make it, you know, keep pushing. You just never know. It just takes a lot of hard work and and just remind yourself that, some people make it look easy, but that's a fallacy. They've probably worked their asses off. And it was interesting to talk to Heather about uh, how she's come up. And by the way, she's going to be, I'll watch what happens live tonight. How exciting. So I hope you love this interview because I truly love this. She made it so easy on me. And uh, by the end, I was just really loose and really having a great time. So uh, if you like this show and why the heck wouldn't you, <laughs> my life coach tells me to Lie to people and just be positive all the time. Uh, Make sure that you uh, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, I'm so proud and happy to be over at Betches and I wanna show them, I wanna do a good job for them. I want you guys to keep listening, keep enjoying. Thank you for supporting everything that we do over here. Uh, me, Meditza, Sandra, thank you for all of it. Um, remember, go to BravoCon in a couple of weeks. We'll see you there. But uh, also sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. What up, baddies? My voice is a little hoarse because I've been talking all day, but I just finished like an hour Kardashian recap of last week's episode which was insane if you want to hear a grown man freak out about Tristan Trashcan Thompson sign up because we do the recaps exclusively over there you get to hear a lot of my Scott this week is like Chloe, Joe my back's fucked up I want to get back to fucking Chloe Scott's back this, Scott's back this episode but I I made a rookie mistake so I I recorded like 20 minutes. And then I just went off on like a 40 minute, just going through the whole episode. And I was like uh, three quarters of the way through. And then I went to pause it to go to the bathroom and I realized my mic became unplugged. So I had been on mute for 40 minutes while I was screaming about Tristan and Scott and all of the Kardashians. And I had to go back and start it all over again. I mean, the first 18 minutes are the same, but had to then go do 40 more minutes that I had already done. And there is nothing more grim in your life, folks. And a lot of you won't experience this than having to talk about the same Kardashian episode twice. It's wild. But I'm a professional. I did it. And it's there for you to enjoy over on Patreon. We also talk about other pop culture stories about my time in New York, about Joey Gorga. So that's over there on the Patreon. And uh, let's get into a couple of news stories. Let's start with a positive one. This was great to read. This Tinsley Mortimer. Remember Tinsley? The It Girl that wound up on Real Housewives of New York? I always um, I always think you need to go find Tinsley's first show that was on The CW, a reality show called High Society. It was 30-minute episodes. Her mom, Dale, was in it back then, and it is wild. It is wild. I think you can find it on YouTube. That's where I first watched it. But it is insane if you didn't know Tinsley did the show and that you have not seen the show. It is, thank thank me later, truly. But Tinsley from Rony, this is the headline, Tinsley Mortimer is engaged. Uh, that's how I read headlines. I always go, is engaged. That's how my mind reads headlines. Rony star is set to wed Robert Bovard, ne- Bovard, that sounds like a well. way to go, Tinsley, that sounds like a wealthy last name, is set to wed Robert Bovard next month in Palm Beach after being proposed to with an Emerald Ring. Palm Beach, that seems to be a very affluent, you know, I hope Dale, her mom, wasn't that scene so iconic with Dale and her mom crying over Tinsley's eggs? Remember that? I mean, truly, um, they're just crying. That's why Housewives, is that's a perfect so bad, it's good moment where you can't believe there's like a layer of emotional truth to it, but it's so bizarre and ridiculous, even though it's completely real. They're both having an emotional reaction to looking at somebody's eggs that they're freezing. Like, I mean, just amazing scene. So this says the 48 year old reality television personality and her fiance are planning to hold a wedding ceremony in Palm Beach, Florida on November 11th. Oh my God, I gotta, I don't know if I'm busy that day. Will I be, could I, could you believe if I go to cover this for the, the pod? <laughs> We're out here in Palm Beach. I'm covering the Bovard uh, Mortimer Wedding. It's Ryan Bailey here outside of Domenico's. Uh, the former Real Housewives of New York cast member who plan who placed her planned, who placed her planned and ultimately, who placed her planned and ultimately canceled. Dude, I'm telling you, Daily Mail, sometimes their sentence structure and their spelling is lacking for, for as amazing as their news coverage is. Anyways, her original wedding to the coupon king, Scott, was going to be during the pandemic. They had to cancel that. But she is, uh, she is said to have received a sparkling emerald engagement ring for the proposal. Uh, I remember that first proposal from Scott. I totally remember. I used to make memes of that back in the day. It's currently unclear as to how long Mortimer and Bovard have been romantically involved, and the date of his proposal is also unknown. Come on, Daily Mail. I need details. I need boots on the ground. I need people wearing wires. Uh, Tinsley Mortimer had a picture of Scott with his three kids. He has three kids, three young ones, and she put heart emojis over their faces to protect their identity. But she looks really happy in this photo. Um, looks really happy and you know Tinsley's one of those people that I want the best for she was supposed to be on Ultimate Girls Trip with Leah um, last girls trip season remember and she had to bow out I still don't know exactly why she bowed out but uh, I love Tinsley so much so that is a positive that's our rose folks summer is just around the corner so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees now I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily I found quince now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? of the day. What's our thorn? Well, this could be so many different thorns or it could be I don't know. But Britney Spears book comes out the next week, The Woman in Me by Britney Spears, her autobiography. Um and listen, now we're trying to get publicity for that book, so you're going to see this next couple of days, a lot of stories will be pushed out about things in the book, revelations in the book to help to help sales, to get people interested. Even though I think we're all interested, Um, But this is the headline. Britney Spears reveals she had an abortion. This is, by the way, trigger warning. We are talking about this. So I I just want to if you need to skip ahead, I totally get it with ex Justin Timberlake after getting pregnant at 19 claims the agonizing decision was made as boy band stand boy band star wasn't ready to be a father. So she says, if it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. So this was in the year 2000. I do talk about a little bit of this with Heather McMahon in the show, but this is just so revealing. Uh, I'm shocked that we have not heard about this until this time. And this kind of also shows why we were getting those headlines over the weekend of Justin Timberlake concerned with what is in Britney Spears autobiography. Now, listen. This is life, right? This is life. It doesn't matter if you're a star or not. This happens to a lot of people, a lot of couples. But it it does put the Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River song, all of those things. I'm just trying to find context for this and try to understand because I imagine it was a completely emotional decision for both of them. Uh, Now, Justin Timberlake, there's been a lot of clips of him speaking out to be pro-choice. And uh, I just, uh, I find all of this really not sad, but I do wonder in the con you know, in the just thinking about Britney Spears, how this affected her mental health, how this has affected everything. And and you're just it's interesting all these years, 23 years later, to find out this big piece of information about their relationship that we thought we knew so much. I mean, like, listen, I'm like, hey, you're wearing denim together on the red carpet. That's what I remember. And you find out this really piece of heartbreaking news and wondering how that affected Britney. Curious to hear her talk more about that in this book. Um, But also, I've got to say, your move, Jada Pinkett Smith, your move. What? (laughs) How are you going to top this, Jada? (laughs) You're like, how are you going to top this? You're going to be like, Justin also got me pregnant. We did keep it, though. Here's my new child. Like, I... I'm almost, this was like so sad in a way. I kind of felt melancholy about this information because it's very personal. I was really shocked, but also it's her story to tell. I'm curious if she did reach out to Justin um, for any sort of approval or to give him a heads up. This was going to be released. And something in me tells me that he was given a heads up. And that's why we did get certain articles that, you know, Justin Timberlake is concerned. But uh, I I do just wonder, it, it's just wild. These All these stories, though, coming out today really put a stop to a lot of that Jada Pinkett Smith stuff we've been agonizing over the last couple of days, which today there's still more stories about Jada Pinkett Smith come, <laughs> that's that it's come out, like Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith plan to write their own book. How about just don't? How about that? Like, how about don't? I don't need to know any more information about any of you at all. Please go back to just acting or doing whatever you do where I don't need to know anything more personal about your lives. I don't want to know if you get back together. I don't even know if you I don't really want to know if you divorce. I don't I've I've had it. I'm I'm at my capacity for any personal information. I it's like looking at the Kardashians. I feel nothing when I look at the Kardashians. In terms of like if they're trying to be sexy, I was talking about this on the Patreon. Like I feel nothing. Like I there's I don't get excited. I don't get excited. I'm not like, "Ooh, Kim." Like I don't feel that anymore when I look the Kardashians, because I've seen them so much. The same thing about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. I've heard so much that I am stop, I've am I've stopped feeling. I've stopped feeling. <laughs> You've made me stop feeling, Jada Pinkett Smith. But the Britney Spears stuff, I'm so curious now, what else is in this book? I mean, it really does pique the interest. And I just truly hope that Brittany at the end of the day is okay I hope it's the right time for her to write this book I hope that it doesn't put which you know part of the PR blitz for anything is putting a spotlight on you and your life especially if it's an autobiography and I just hope it's the right time for her mentally for this spotlight to be put on again now we know she's doing very limited press very limited in fact People Magazine she's on the cover of now and there's an exclusive but it even says these questions were written via email like their conversation was via email so in that sense a publicist could be doing this and i just sometimes worry and i i really i think we all are protective of britney in a way and i sometimes just wonder how much her involvement is in this we do know i think sam lansky sam lansky is the ghostwriter on this book who is a really amazing writer so he's great but i'm so i get so curious about the behind the scenes on all of this stuff but to hear that news story i was just like damn you guys damn who I just hope everybody's okay I hope everybody and I hope Timberlake I hope this doesn't affect the Sync reunion possibly uh, I do want to see the Sync reunion I do want to see them tour uh, but it's interesting pop culture it, it you know what's interesting one of the only good things about getting older is that I was alive to watch this relationship actually take place and so it's interesting to see all of this time pass and to get to that other side where you're finding out what actually was going down. That to me as a pop culture lover is truly uh, interesting, truly fascinating. I was having, I had a guest on today who has a new podcast in retrospect. And we were talking about that, about that, Going back and looking, whether it be Oprah losing weight for the first time on the Oprah Winfrey show or Pamela Anderson coming out in the red bathing suit in Baywatch. But now we get to see the after effects, you know, decades later of what Pamela Anderson and who she is now compared to what she represented in terms of American sexuality or Oprah now going back and saying, well, the first time when I lugged out all that weight I lost in a red wagon, uh, I shouldn't have done that potentially. Like, it's interesting To have decades in between something and to see how things changed. I mean, it does go by in a blip. It feels like it was just yesterday that I was watching Britney and Justin, not watching, I was reading an Us Weekly uh, about them having a dance-off at that one nightclub after they broke up. Do you remember? That is seared into my memory, that Us Weekly. Or the Us Weekly with Britney dating Fred Durst, and it was like, beauty and the beast, Fred Durst from Limp I just hope that Britney is okay. That's, I think, what we all want. And I just worry about the timing of this. Uh, You guys, tonight, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I can't wait to watch the new episode. The mid season trailer came out. And, ooh, you thought it looked bizarre before, still looks bizarre. Meredith Marks, the final shot of the mid season trailer is Meredith with an IV hooked up to her and her looking just dazed. Like, if this show gets any weirder, I'm going to give it an Oscar. I'm going to give it an Oscar. I'm going to, I know it's not a movie, but I'm saying that's Oscar material. Meredith Marks with a IV hooked up to her. That's iconic housewives. Think about the thing about, think about Yolanda Hadid with the, 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 I don't know why I'm laughing with the tubes hooked up to her. Think about Kim with the, t- I mean, so many great housewives moments, you know, Vicky Gunvalson being willed out of a hotel I mean, these housewives, I truly worry about them on a daily basis, mentally and physically. (laughs) Okay, you guys, let's get to a guest because she is flipping funny and we need more laughter in the world right now. So Heather McMahon, you know her, you love her. If you don't know her, well, get ready to discover somebody that you're going to love passionately. We talk about her podcast. Like I said, the Netflix special, I'm telling you, you're going to dig it. It's called... Son I never had, and it's fabulous. The one, the only, I'm excited for this, Heather McMahon. You guys, today is like Christmas. I have been wanting to talk to this person since I started this pod years ago, and it's finally happening, and it couldn't happen on a better day. We talk about dreams, we talk about vision boards, and this person put all of that into motion because today, Tuesday, her Netflix special is now on Netflix. Son, I never had. I've watched this twice now, and I t- I I, I, uh, I Instagrammed this this morning. I was like, I was rolling in bed, like literally me in bed rolling, laughing. Um, Because it just... And you guys, the things she talks about with her dad and with... I mean, just everything is just so incredible. You know her. You love her. Her podcast, absolutely not. Weekly on Dear Media. Uh, Also, she is on tour right now, the comeback tour. She goes overseas this weekend to Canada and then goes to my my home, Los Angeles, in November. You got to get tickets because I think she's filming her next special. She is a true light. She is hysterical. I'm telling you, if you are down right now, you pop this on Netflix... Taylor Swift is not showing the Eras Tour until Thursday and Friday this week. I yelled about this yesterday. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, she has off for her young fans. So you watch this tonight. You watch this. We need more specials from this person. This is just the tip of the iceberg for her. So without further ado, the incredible Heather McMahon.
2: Oh, my God. You literally are like, that was the best hype up I've ever heard in my life. Thank you. You've filled me
1: with so much joy. Heather, my God, I mean, how excited, can you, can you, I know you can imagine this because it's your life, but can you imagine this?
2: No, I got to be honest with you, it's very surreal, but it, it this is how this this biz works, right? Like, last night, I went out, I celebrated a little bit, but I had to get up at like 6 a.m. to do press today. So I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm just going to go back to my hotel, relax. So I fell asleep, the special came out at midnight. I fell asleep at 11 p.m. while like with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in the background. It's so not glamorous. You know what I mean? So I've just been like, I've been running around doing press all day, and I've just been like, I just had a sweet green salad. It's not like we're popping champagne bottles at the
1: Ritz. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, I mean, listen, you'll do that in a year. By the way, you are fresh off uh, an Italy trip with Jeff. I mean, you are sun-kissed from Italy, your favorite place. So now I guess it's time to get there and earn those those mile points again
2: now. Yeah, I mean literally we're we're I'm doing 2 days of press, you know, it's so exciting and then tomorrow I fly to Toronto for a show, then the next day I fly to St. Louis and the next day I fly to Houston. Um I have been in like 10 different cities in the last I don't know 14 days. It's crazy. So I'm just I'm always constantly moving. Um, so I'm I'm tired. I would like a nap. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. By the way, that's why I was like, I felt so guilty. You coming on? I was like, she must be out of her mind. No, right now. are you kidding she's me? Doing, I mean, she's out of her mind with press. <laughs> but you've got to shout this out. I mean, this like you are so insanely popular. But for the people that don't know you, they gotta know you. I mean, this is so amazing. And I will say, like, I hate to kiss your ass, but I kind of get judged it with stand up sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I was rolling from the. Listen, you. I fell in love with the old navy embossed on the skin. Yeah. I mean because you're an old Navy spokesman and I know yeah. you don't know me but I have show- I'm wearing my favorite old Navy jeans right now the it best. is it's my place to go yeah I consider myself a fashionista in that sense but you drop old Navy at the beginning and the end of the show and it's just <laughs> it made my heart fill up so much
2: oh, well I listen I'm so appreciative of all the compliments I will absolutely take it because you know I'm sure in an hour somebody ripped me a new asshole so I will take the compliments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I, you know, everybody knows I'm a high low kind of gal. You know what I mean? Do I buy a nice bag? Sure. But am I buying the old Navy rockstar jeans? You bet your ass I am. Like I am, everything is a mixed bag with me. And I I consider myself, you know, you say you're fashionista. I consider myself a tastemaker. I'm like, I'm going to tell you what's good. And you don't have to spend $1,000 to to feel good. I hate when you meet these people and they're like, designer this, designer that. I'm like, well, I'm a bigger girl. Designer doesn't make my size. So you know who does? Frickin' Old Navy.
1: Yes, and I don't know why Old Navy doesn't do runway shows like in Milan. Like, I mean, I would love to walk an Old Navy runway show. I Um, agree, you talk in the beginning of this and I don't want to give away too much because it's just I mean it's but you talk about emergency weight and I know I'm mm-hmm. a dude, but I have gone past my emergency weight like from the beginning of COVID and it just it just keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah. emergency. And that's where actually Old Navy does come in really handy. But you had this you have this great bit right at the beginning about Adele and Chloe and these girls. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, those girls that you're like, you betrayed us. You were a bigger girl potentially and you betrayed us.
2: Yeah, I just feel, you know, I was a chubby kid and I talk a lot about that in the special, but then it's like, you know, this body positive movement is fantastic and everybody should love who they are. But I have always been so overly confident to the point where I'm like, oh, I should go out in, you know, a, a romper and those are, that's not my look. That's not my journey. Um, so I kind of say in the special, I'm like, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm happy for all these other women who've gotten really thin, but I just feel like they never picked up the phone to let me know that that's what we were doing. And, and I feel a little left behind,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I always feel that way with Jonah Hill when Jonah keeps yeah. getting skinnier. And I'm like, dude, like, I mean, because I keep getting bigger and it, it, yeah. it, I just feel I'm like, he's living my life. I want to be surfing in my undies.
2: Yeah. And, you know, listen, I'm somebody, my weight fluctuates so much. I'm bloated on a Tuesday. I'm thin on a Wednesday. And then I'm 40 pounds up on a Friday. So I'm like, it's a never ending uphill battle. But I just love like, you know, especially because like Hollywood was so late to catch on where they're like, Everybody should love yourself. Everybody is beautiful and positive. I'm like, no, no, no. You have no idea the kind of roles that I have been auditioning as a normal size 14 woman. The the descriptions of auditions that I had been auditioning for over the years are like morbidly obese, but she's got a pretty face. And you're like, I call my agents. I'm like, this is so fucked. You know what I mean? Like, how did we get here? So now I'm just calling it out. I'm like, oh, now Hollywood's all of a sudden like on board. Give me a break. Give
1: me a break. (laughs) When I, I... we used to commercial audition before the pandemic. I remember getting called in for like a a Bud commercial and they said, uh, like beach wear, but I didn't realize I had to take my shirt off. And Mm. so it was one of those awkward things of taking your shirt off in an audition and then realizing you're on camera. And they had like the camera monitors where everybody could see it outside. So it was like me holding my man boobs. Yeah, Like it was like, it looked shocking for a Bud Light commercial. I was crying.
2: I auditioned once. It was a commercial shoot for a roller derby girl. And like, I'm decent on a roller blade. And then I roll up, and it's like all these hot chicks, and I was auditioning to play like the mean roller derby girl who like body checks everyone else. And I was, I call my agent. I go, I gotta go. I, gotta I'm gonna go get a BLT somewhere. I just can't do this today.
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: You're gonna, you're gonna, snap your thin ankle. You're gonna just snap it right off. Exactly.
2: You know, it, uh, what is it? J Lo has her ass insured. I have my thin ankles insured. You know.
1: <laughs> that. But, I mean, that is that's a good pre. That's a good PR thing. You put that out there. Heather yeah. McMahon has her ankles insured. Yeah, like by Lloyd's, Lloyd's of London. London. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, uh, okay, so this is truly amazing. You like the McManiacs, uh, McManiacs out there, yeah. tiramisu bitches. Uh, you I really have created a movement here. I truly. I mean, I will say, so many women that listen to this have like just talked about you. Like, you, so I followed you a couple of years ago. And I'll watch this and there was one a couple of months ago. It was you waiting for in Vegas for your um, show poster to like pop up and you made your husband and you were waiting and waiting, and for some reason it just hit me so I was like laughing so hard at that.
2: I mean, honestly, the universe constantly humbles me. So, like, even <laughs> though everybody sees like, oh, all these things are happening, which is amazing and it's years of hard work, I every day I'm like, okay, I'm in Vegas. I was standing next to this revolving poster waiting and it's every other comedian, every other act in LA or in, in Vegas. And then it was like forty five minutes later. I'm like, and now we're now we're on the screen. I mean, the universe just keeps me humble,
1: you know. And I, you were just like presenting and ready, yeah. and then it was, and then I think they repeated some of the other ones that had already gone on before they put yours on.
2: They sure did. I got a three-second flash, and the best was I was standing there with my husband, who was videotaping me for like 45 minutes, and not a single person that walked through that casino was like, "Oh my God, it's Heather McMahon." <laughs> no one recognized <laughs> me. Not a soul. You have a
1: sandwich board on. Like, yeah, come
2: see the show. They could care less. I was like, fantastic, great.
1: Um, mm-hmm. When did you even, when was this even, I know, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, your, your childhood and things like that. But when was this even a possibility for you to start any of this? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not from Los Angeles. You're not yeah. from New York. Where did this dream or this idea even come from?
2: I mean, I was always a funny kid. And then the first time I did stand-up was at my uh, prom. So I was a junior. And it's like, <laughs> you know, the juniors and seniors went to prom. So, uh, the administration was like, hey, you're really funny. Do you want to like roast the senior class as like a thank you, you know, as, as a, a sweet kiss, sending them off, I don't know, like to war? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so, I, um, I did a 20 minute set and I at roasted them se- at prom. And I, yes, and we still have the video footage of it. So, hand to God, this happened. And then it was in that moment, like I was always in theater and acting and stuff, but I was like, oh, this is, I've got the bug. I was, I'm, I always knew I wanted to do comedy. And then when I, you know, of course, took my SATs and saw those numbers, I said, I guess we're going to lean, we're going to lean into comedy because I'm not (laughs) going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, And then I just stuck with it. You know, I mean, everybody sees like, again, the glitz and the glamour now, but it was 12 years of just grinding and hustling. I lived in LA for five years and was going on those shitty commercial auditions. I lived in New York on and off for years and it didn't hit until... Uh, really, honestly, it hit when I moved back to Atlanta. Um, I, you know, I talk about it, especially in special, I lost my dad, but my career took off when I moved home. And I think it's just because, honestly, I had, like, a new perspective, and a, and I had gone through something, unfortunately, which was horrific, which was losing my dad, but I think it gave me, like, a different uh, point of view. And then I just started sharing the dark shit with everyone in a really comedic way, and then it just, like, clicked. You know, I do think the, the universe takes away, it giveth and takes away. It was like, God was like, all right, you've had enough. You 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 were able to get through your dad dying. Now let's let you have your moment to like go tell some stories. And I'm, you know, it just kind
1: of worked out. I mean, did you notice when it did start working or is it like, oh God, it, it actually started working? I mean, did you notice in the moment something is happening here?
2: Well, you know, it was like a wild, I mean, it was a definite huge pop. I think I knew, the, I knew my life was going to change when I went on tour in 2019 and we put my first you know a uh, batch of shows on sale and they all sold out in like 10 minutes and I had just gotten an agent and the uh, and my agents at UTA were like oh we had like no idea when we put your tickets on sale what was going to happen and this is insane um and it's just been we a don't even like you
1: we don't even yeah. like you <laughs> it turns out we need to pay more attention now
2: honestly honestly they probably don't but I'm making them money so you know fuck it yeah. um yeah, and then it just like took off, and you know it's interesting too. When you're on in the internet, like I always came from a stand up background. I was always doing stand up, so I think I then had to like go explain to people like, no, I'm a stand up comedian first, and I just happen to use the internet as a vessel to put my shit out there, which now everybody does, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really. you, What I love about also on your podcast though, you talk about the rejection. You talk about like, listen there you hear no so many times and i think a lot of people have this uh miscalculation of oh netflix special she's got everything like you don't know how many no's you hear and how much that is just like kind of it's like (coughs) born where you have to like really keep pushing yourself out there and how insanely hard that is but i love that you remind people of that it's not just these so you you know you always say celebrate the small victories and the big victories
2: yeah, and I mean, listen, I have been in a TV developmental deal for like seven years trying to get this script that I wrote off the ground. You know, like, I, I, there's so many other, like, I have my hands in so many other pots that you're still trying to get that crock pot to boil, you know? It's like, yeah. it's it, people only see the immediate thing. They're like, okay... You know, the Netflix, that's it. But they don't realize that it took 12 years to get there. They don't realize that while I'm simultaneously celebrating this Netflix special, I'm also producing the next one and touring at the same time. And I haven't slept in four weeks. And listen, yeah. these are all amazing problems that I, I asked for. So I am not complaining. But they don't yeah. see the, the day-to-day minutia that it takes to just get this shit across the finish line. You know? Yeah.
1: No, I mean, exactly. Um, is that That's your mom at the beginning of the special, right?
2: Yes, and I have now created a monster. Yeah, she, that's what I mean, she's, yeah. she, is she out of control now? Is, of, is it too much? She, she's out of control. Let me tell you what. So we were, I'm shooting the next special in Atlanta at the Fox <laughs> Theater, which is my hometown spot. So my mom does like a ride along with me. She's like, okay, I'm going to go. I'll meet you for lunch. I just want to come look at the theater. I was doing a walkthrough with all the producers, camera guys videographers everything and my mom was like so when do when am I doing my bit who's doing my glam I was like mom you're in this first special please let me have my own moment in this next one (laughs) she is a complete monster she gave out my personal number to like 400 of um the members at our country club so all day I have been answering the phone thinking it's like you know a reporter an agent and it's my mom's (laughs) friends being like Heather, your mom said that you have a Netflix special. Where can I watch it? I'm like, Joanne, you can watch it on Netflix. How do I do that? Download
1: Netflix. Like I I'm done. I'm so yeah. done. Have you have you seen Love is Blind? I'm seeing this on the home screen. Have you watched that? That's no. a good one. Literally, that
2: is my life right now. It's my mom's Bunko Group, her ladies nine hole. Yeah. It,
1: that's what I'm dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love that because I, I feel I, I hate to announce this right here, but your mom just uh, there was a, a trade today that she just signed a deal with Netflix for two of her own comedy specials. So uh, <clears throat> honestly, that sure. checks
2: out. My mom, um, you know, I've been developing this TV show and uh, it's about my family. So my mom is like, "Who's gonna play me? Who's gonna play me?" She thinks she's gonna play herself, and I'm like, "Mom, I always say my mom would push me in front of a bus." if it meant that she got to be on the stage and be the star. So I'm just like,
1: (laughs) I'm letting it rip, you know, your mom just full body tackles you in the middle of a show and then takes over.
2: Yeah. She's a tiny petite woman, but she could probably take me out.
1: Yeah. Um, the performance that netflix captures for this i mean the audience is just i mean you could just feel the energy from the laughter how long does it take you from conception to that moment in terms of cuz it is it like it is a tight set i mean you it feels like it feels completely natural but at the same time every moment there are so many laugh breaks there are so many huge moments where i'm like oh i thought that was the ending and then you go on to get a bigger laugh i mean how long does this take you
2: well you know from the minute well Interesting enough, for this special, I've been touring with this material for like two years because then we had to take a big fat break during COVID and I was doing live shows. But I wanted to keep that material special for my shows that I was doing at theaters. Um, so, you know, I shot probably a 90 minute show and then like whittled it down to 58 minutes, you know, and. Um, And I'm having to do that now. So I'm literally in the process of editing. I have like six more shows before I shoot my next special. So I'm every night critically like cutting through stuff, like what makes sense. It's like
1: killing your babies though, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we have some great behind the scenes stuff that's been cut, but it's funny, you know, um, you were saying like, uh, uh, you know, how do you figure out, how do you put this all together? It is literally like, I will go back and watch game tape. So the NFL has nothing on, on me. Okay. I am, I get, I get it. I'm running the
1: drills, you know? Uh, but I do like-like my leg, like my leg moved a little too much on this one, yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I like people to feel every emotion when they watch me. Like it's, I'm not a um, you don't really know what you're gonna get. And like you said, like you thought many times the show could have been done, like, oh, that's the button. I, I, like thought, have, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I like to have three or four buttons in there where you're like, oh, that, that callback. I love a I love having zingers of callbacks where you're like, I have no idea where this is gonna go next.
1: Yeah. I mean the baby floating down. I was like, <laughs> oh, ba- boom. And then yeah. it was like, no, we I was, loved it. Mm-hmm. Also, the last three nights, uh, I don't know if you watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, of but course. I I went to Jersey for the first time on Saturday to see Joey Gorga do live stand up. <laughs> Melissa's husband. How was that? Um Let's say the Netflix special's a couple years out. <laughs> I don't, um, but I saw that. <laughs> that I saw. Colin Jost and Michael Che at Radio City because I'd never yeah. been to Radio City, and then I saw your and I got to tell you, yours just, just yours just made me actually naturally laugh. Like I oh, just I love that. enjoyed myself so I I know I keep selling this to you guys and it doesn't need selling because it's just. But you're gonna love it within the first three minutes. But this Joey Gorga stand up, Heather, you gotta have him as an opener at some point. Okay, it is so
2: <clears throat> when I got back out on the road, I saw that he was doing comedy, right? And you were and threatened. so I, I was so threatened. You have no idea, shaking in my boots. So <laughs> I. I like reply and I was like hell yes and I think I like reposted something like y'all somebody go see this and let me know and I've heard here's the deal this is the problem the real housewife like the real housewife husbands I think get juiced up way too much people really put them on a pedestal and it it's getting to their heads it really is we all need to simmer down stick with construction I mean I love him he's adorable I want to put him in my pocket but you know it's we're doing stand-up apparently. I now. mean,
1: the energy he exuded on stage. I mean, you I will say he was actually just full body sweating like yeah. I would have. But you have such an energetic set, and it didn't even look like you were sweating. I was like, how are you oh. not like sweating mm-hmm. your ass off because no, 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 no. Like, it is so physical?
2: I t- let me tell you what. First of all, that glitter suit hides a lot. I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not a face sweater. I sweat from literally my tits down, okay? when not? <laughs> do you remember? I, I don't know if you've ever seen any of Cat Williams. He's one of my favorite yeah. comedians. But he literally is always in like a pimp suit. And he has a full bath towel that he uses to dry off his face. That's how much mm-hmm. he sweats. I mean, granted, he was like doing co- massive amounts of cocaine yeah, for most of his help. specials. But I'm like, my hormones are all out of whack, and I come off stage, and you can wring out my glitter suits. It's disgusting. It's feral. It's so gross.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think we should bid on that for charity, one of your uh, soaked glitter suits, potentially.
2: You know, I, I've been, um, I should have bid my white boots. I had a pair of white boots that I wear on stage, and I have like 10 pairs of them because they're cheap. And I I was putting them on in my show in Raleigh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was like, these are fucking disgusting. So I put on the internet, does anybody want these? Thinking like a pervert was gonna say like, oh yeah, send them to me. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. And it was just women being like, need the boots, sis. I'm like, no, (laughs) these are gross. I'm trying to sell these to a pervert. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: did, did, did you, did, you got to get into the prison, uh, the prison circuit. They would love it.
2: Can I tell you honestly? A dream gig. I, a dream gig is to go to prisons and do comedy. I mean, I need to feel like alive. Johnny Cash
1: live at Heather McMahon live at Folsom.
2: Yeah, worst comes to worst, show him a titty. You know what I mean? And and. There you go.
1: Worst, worst comes, what is the worst comes to worst and you just have to pop out a titty?
2: Well, here's my thing. Bombing in a jail is would probably, in a prison, would probably be like lowest career moment.
1: Can you imagine? They you heckle imagine? you on prison. Oh.
2: <laughs> and you know the heckle would be like the most savage thing you've ever heard in the world. It wouldn't just be like,
1: she sucks.
2: It'd be like, those titties are saggy. You know, it would be like harsh.
1: It'd be so harsh. <laughs> oh my God. You've got to watch Love After Lockup. It's like, mm. my like it is just a reality show I, where I'm people fall in it. love in jail.
2: I'm isn't obsessed it, with it.
1: Isn't it insane? I mean, it is my yeah. favorite show to watch every week and I cringe throughout the entire hour. What's
2: really wild to me is, I don't know if you um, if the algorithm on TikTok ever pushes to you, these women who meet these guys on like death row and then they get married to them mm-hmm. on death row in, and I'm like, these guys are never getting out. Like, that's what's wild to me. These like Oh, the, Men- TikTok- the
1: Menendez brother has a, like a long-term wife. Like, they all seem like they're having better lives than I do. And then I always say, I'm like, if they get like a Wi-Fi signal, like if you can have your personal iPad in, like, I'll, I'll hurt somebody. I'll go to yeah. jail just because it's like time to read, time to catch up on your shows. You can watch your Netflix special there. I mean, it really does seem like it's like prison TikTok, though. When you get to prison TikTok, they're making like burritos. They've got like yeah. ways to do everything.
2: You know, I try not to chime into my single friends' lives too much because I know how fucking annoying that is when you have like your married girlfriend who's been in a relationship forever chiming in. But I always tell women I'm like, go to the Delta Sky Club to find a guy, go to golf tournaments, but also maybe, maybe cuz some of these guys on prison TikTok are hot. Maybe the key is find one who's doing like, you know, petty crimes, blue-collar shit, not yeah. not dangerous violent acts. And maybe that's where you find a guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: That's the worst part of Love After Lockup when they put the screen on. They're like, if you or someone you know is married, like, and they only even say one relationship is in a relationship or multiple relationships with prisoners. I'm like, yeah. you're doing multiple relationships with prisoners?
2: You know what I wouldn't do? Get two guys who are in prison jealous, and, and I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? You're not setting <laughs> the, them up for success. Uh, <laughs> that's
1: the horrible multicam sitcom of like having a double date in prison and yeah. you're running from one window to the next.
2: That's great. Yes, that's great. That's very like, I mean, it's not Lucille Ball, but that is. You know, when she's in the Chocolate Factory, I could see her yeah, running back and if forth.
1: If Lucille Ball was here today. Heather, that's yours, man. That's, that's your Lucille Ball moment. Just imagine you running back and forth. Listen, uh, I always
2: say, like, I'm in New York right now, and I love getting catcalled on the street. Like, when the, you know, I'm walking down the street like I am from fucking Gossip Girl, and these guys are like, yeah, yeah, b- yeah, tall boots, because I've been wearing these boots today, and I love it. Like, I love to have a flirty moment. You know what I mean? It's hard. Oh, I,
1: I get scared if anybody stares at me. I feel like I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? I feel like mm-hmm. my zipper's down all the time. I'm like, I know I have thick thighs. That's what you're staring at right now, probably. Um, uh, Jeff, uh, yeah. your 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 beloved husband. You just went to Italy and uh, you you got to see the Ryder Cup. And I'm not even. I think it was the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah. Is that what you saw? Yeah. I'm not even a, a real man, so I was like, is that tennis? Like I really, it was like, oh. I didn't even know what the Ryder Cup was. What is your favorite thing about your husband? And how much do you look to your husband for content now?
2: So my husband, who has also turned himself into a monster, he calls himself the content monster, which is like the most horrific thing you can call yourself because he's like you keep me around because i have such good content he really i am married to the italian version of larry david from curb your enthusiasm like i my husband leans into every italian trope you can ever imagine like always just has like cold cuts by the bed you're like what are we doing so
1: (laughs) traveling with a keeper cold cuts by the bed hell yes
2: i know you know it's funny a um a uh, cosmetics brand sent me one of those little mini fridges that all the influencers have where you keep like your cold ice roller and you keep your eye gel. And I brought it into my bathroom and Jeff's like, oh, okay, I see what this is. He's like, we can put a little prosciutto in there for after we have sex. I'm like, no, Jeff, this isn't a postcoital, you know, snack fridge. This is for my expensive skincare.
1: I was just um, but, watching that Seinfeld yeah. episode where they were like, George was trying to eat during sex. Yeah. And I was like, that's the next let you know if, him eating the pursuit during the sex.
2: Honestly, that's me. That's me. Um, <laughs> Jeff is great because this whole new tour that I'm on right now. And this next special I'm about to shoot is all about my first year of marriage. So it's like basically me ripping Jeff, a new asshole on all the ways he has disappointed me in the last year. But, and people are like, Oh, does Jeff ever get upset? Like, is that too harsh? I'm like one, Nobody would ever question if a male comedian was bitching about their wife or their kids. You know what I mean? And two, Jeff is playing golf every day. So no, he is not concerned about what I say about him on stage. You yeah, know? And he's
1: sleeping in first class while you're, you're making videos. What are you talking about? He's like, loud. he's best sleep of his life, it looks like.
2: It's so funny because people will be like, what does Jeff do for a living? And he's always like, nobody would ever ask Kevin Hart's wife what she does for a living. He's like, this is so sexist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Jeff is finally like, I'm just so tired of us men getting the short end of the stick the entire time. Thank you, Jeff. My God. Thank you, Jeff. Joe Rogan, move over. We need Jeff. You you talk about it. uh, You just... By the way, one of your accomplishments is you recently won the Mute Challenge in Atlanta for yeah, Beyonce's show. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any way you would incorporate a Mute Challenge into your, your new tour, the Comeback Tour? Is that That's, that's
2: actually a really good idea. Um, I do have a sing-along portion of my new tour. We're still trying to get the rights to the song to be able to put <laughs> it in the special. But I do have a, a incredible moment at the live shows of Sisterhood that nobody sees coming. And it becomes like this. It's almost like when Beyonce sings Halo and you just feel that... Angels of the Lord behind you. That yeah. is what the moment is like at my at my live tour right now.
1: <laughs> I know, uh, but that Beyonce, it is just she's just isn't she just incredible? Isn't she just like I mean, just so inspiring and just yeah. such at a different level as an artist. I'm wearing my Beyonce shirt today, and I just I just I'm I've seen her like four times live yeah. over the years, and I just blows. It makes me almost believe in God.
2: Yeah, she is everything to me. Um, and here's the thing: night three. I say that Atlanta won night three because we were the first ones to really like nail the mute challenge now of course you know then she went to LA and she went back to Houston and all these other cities who like got the gist but she I I saw one tear rolling down her face when we nailed the mute so I'm like she loves us the most and you know there's so many like members of like uh national choirs that were at our show you know it's like all these like beautiful black choirs that were just like singing in the audience and i'm looking around like this is amazing <laughs> it was incredible it was incredible
1: no i mean it just truly blows me away and i, I it, uh, not that she needs any help but i just think what, yeah uh, we're lucky to be alive around the time of beyonce in terms of that um, you
2: know what i loved i love that she showed up for i don't know what kind of illuminati thing that she and taylor swift have going on but i love that she went and supported taylor swift at, at the, the opening movie. of her
1: eras yes yeah I and Taylor like, better go- come. Taylor better come when Beyonce releases her movie in December. And
2: you know she will. I know that they got on the phone and they were like, listen, the girls are doing it better than the boys. We gotta stick together. Let's fucking go.
1: Dude, you know Taylor's you you feel Taylor in New York right now, right? Like we're both in New York. I feel yeah. her she's here running around to restaurants with this Travis Kelsey. And they said Travis Kelsey looks like he has a glow. Like that was an article I read today. Travis Kelsey appears to have a glow. And I was like, he has a glow.
2: Yeah, amazing. She should also have a glow because she's getting dicked down by one of the hottest guys I've ever seen. I mean, I I said this the other day. I was like, dude, I would love to be a fly on the wall to watch them make love because (laughs) I'm a creep. I'm fully admitting that I'm a creep, okay? I would love (laughs) to watch because they're both tall. They're both like in shape. Like, just to see how hot that would be, because I feel like she's always dated kind of petite, artsy-fartsy guys. This is probably the first guy in a minute that can, like, literally pick her up, throw her over the bed, smack that ass, and, you know, (laughs) give it to her raw.
1: But I mean, I'm going to be devil's advocate. What if it's completely awkward? They're bumping uglies. She doesn't like, like, she's kind of tall and equine herself and she's like bumping into things. I don't know. Like, do you, and also if you're both like stars, do you still get that like kind of first time nervousness of, I hope I'm doing good here? Like, are they trying to impress each other? I mean, yeah, they're absolutely trying to impress each other.
2: But if I was her, I'd literally be like, pick me up, pick me up, carry my ass around. (laughs) Like, oh no, no, I think it's, (laughs) I
1: think it's hot. Throw me down like a touchdown. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, are you and Jeff doing anything for Halloween? Are you got any couples costumes planned?
2: You know, I have always crushed Halloween. That's where I thrive. You don't even understand the amount of wigs that I have at home. I'm going to be in LA working, so I haven't even really thought about it. But I'm a last, I'm literally a day of costumer. Like the amount of shit that I have in my own personal closet that I can pull together and grab a wig. Um, I was one of the original people who started doing impressions of Ina Garden, the barefoot Contessa. And now of course all the, all these boys on TikTok have stolen it. But, and I pulled that literally, I was like, I pulled that costume out of my ass one day and then it just like took off. So I, I like to be last minute. That's where I thrive.
1: Cause I was, I was like gunning for like, you guys should do Britney and Justin, the denim look. Oh, Um,
2: honestly, that's not a bad idea. Well, because
1: also thank you Brittany your book comes out next week Heather's special is this week I'm mm-hmm. glad you stepped off this week you knew it was <laughs> like a, a dangerous week to release something and then right before I came on did you just read that thing about Justin Timberlake and her in the book Yeah,
2: that she just said that he she, got her pregnant
1: yes and that they got he they you know got rid of the baby I don't know why I'm whispering yeah yeah because he wasn't ready to be a father into in the year 2000
2: I mean, listen. Did she? Obviously, yeah. This was right before she met K. Fed.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yes. I'm
2: trying to think the timeline.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely. But here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. Obviously, if that is that was a traumatizing incident that has happened to her. But there is also so much I think that we're witnessing right now that's like I don't know what to believe. The Christmas tree is already up. We're dancing with knives. I'm concerned. You did a video
1: on the Dancing with Knives. You yeah. did the, the... I'm like, yeah. what are we doing
2: here? What are we doing here? And I was one of the first whistleblowers on Britney, like, years ago, to be like, hey, guys, are we all just going to sit back and act like this is normal? Like, do does somebody have a... Can somebody call her assistant? I'm doing a wellness check. And yeah. then everybody came for me. They're like, they're like, oh, you you know, d- leave her alone. I'm like, no, I think we're all just sitting back and watching this shit unfold. And I just, I just want to take her to a cheesecake factory and be like, listen, let's get an iced tea. Let's get a chopped salad. What's going on, girl? I feel like she doesn't have any girlfriends around her that are, can like sit her down and be like, "Bitch, what's going
1: on?" I yeah, really. It's mean always that. like assistants or housekeepers, and I'm yeah. like, "Where are the actual friends? Did you lose all of them in the conservatorship?" But yeah. it doesn't. She. I wish she had like a sisterhood of the traveling pants, just yeah. like to like bond with her, and like I want her to go to one of your stand-up shows. I want her to, go to like. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I want her to have a good time and realize. I mean, how loved she is, but also like actual real friendships that don't include fandom.
2: I agree. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm removed from it. I literally would love to go to, just lunch, take her to lunch. But like, listen, bitch. Okay. I am like kind of on the cusp of entertain. I'm, I'm in it, but I'm not in like the music biz. I'm like, I know that these people in this business are fucking crazy, but let's sit down, break some bread. Tell me what's going on. You know what I mean? Put the knives down. Like, I got you. I got you.
1: We. I'm pushing for that to happen. But you do imagine in the special, this is interesting, you, you know, you, you, you nailed the stuff with your dad. My mom passed away two months ago and I'm I just so did sorry. the whole view, but you nailed it with the funeral. You nailed it. How insane, but you were talking about being online four Xannies in and some booze, and you would just be... And people would be like, yeah, girl, get it! (laughs) Like, encouraging you, being like, woo! And you're, like, at your darkest hour, potentially. And they're like, this is hysterical. Keep going, girl! It's
2: kind of like the way people are encouraging Brittany, and they're like, leave her alone. I'm like, no, 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 someone needed to intervene when I was grieving and I was on the Xanax (laughs) posting Instagram videos, like, What's up? (laughs) That's when I needed somebody to come to my house and be like, "Hey, sweetie, we're gonna put the phone on do not disturb, and you need to go take a little nap." You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) When was that decision to include? And I think you're dead. You're you're so right about you know, death and these things are so traumatic and just horrific and so sad. But at the same time, there is this comedy about this. There's a comedy of errors. There's so much. And you only even realize as you get further out how funny some of these things have been. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but what is that decision to actually talk about this in a funny yet honest way in this special? I mean, did you wrestle with that at all?
2: No. And well, I did ask my family. I'm like, are you guys cool if I share like, you know, I needed their blessing. Um, for you know talking about the intimate moments of losing my dad but honestly we were like trauma bonding together and you I'm so sorry that this is so fresh for you but you'll also see like a couple years down the road you'll have these memories pop up and you're like that was so fucked up like you know what I mean and then once you're through it and once you're in the dead parent club you just get it and the people who don't get it have never been through it so if they're you know but you know
1: they're gonna go through it you know event I mean and we all go through this unfortunately
2: yeah, I, I just like to consider this special my TED Talk to the world to be like, buckle up, be prepared. Someone's going to die, and it's going to be unhinged, and you need to get ready for the roller coaster that is these emotions.
1: That bagpiper needs to go down, <laughs> and you'll know that once you watch it. And I love that you did like a tight 10 at your dad's funeral, and then yeah. your mom had notes. Your mom, like, it was she like, had, it was
2: okay. They're, yeah, she had full notes, and I was like, Mom, did we're you not gonna ever get the again. notes? um the note after she had about six glasses of Chianti a dry Chianti I got the notes and I was like mom I'm we're we're lucky I showed up okay I'm too traumatized to be here so I don't need it
1: yeah talk about a tough crowd in prison a funeral is it's really hard to get them get them there you know
2: I know and it's so funny my sister who is incredibly funny and she is just she also did stand-up growing up but I'm like she was the one who was like, in this moment, because she's an attorney, she's like, let me do the serious stuff. Let me read the beautiful scripture. She's like, say whatever. And I'm like, somebody should have held me back because I was on loose pills and white wine when I did this, this eulogy, you
1: know? Like, I love the, the mic drop. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then I was thinking about that. Like, I, I just had to, you know. I was thinking about this. I was like, Oh wow. i I just told you that my mom passed. How, and I know when I said this and a lot of people were fans of my mom, cause she was like on this show a bunch and yeah. I had so many people reach out and things like that. But I was wondering for you, is like, you have this experience that you've shared and then people like goofs like me go, Hey, my mom died. How intense is that for you to hear everybody's personal stories themselves? Or like, you know, is that, is that hard for you in terms of like your own personal energy?
2: No, not at all. You know what? It's interesting. It actually makes it easier. What a thoughtful question, too. Seriously, Ryan, that was very thoughtful in a sense of like. And you'll see. It's like people who get it get it, and people want to share. It's like you know, did your mom did your mom pass suddenly or? Was this sudden?
1: Oh, well, you know, uh, so she had adrenal cancer and we had, she'd been sick wow. for a year. But it was one of those things where we, you know, not uh, not like your dad, it was seven days, but it was, you know, a year of trying everything. Yeah. And then, and, But then we still were told it was two months. Hospice started, but they said, we'll check in once a week. It was at home. And then... Seven days later, once we started hospice, it was done. But we thought there was two more months. That last week was the most insane. And then on top of that, the funeral app, I mean, like just what you were talking about, like just things like I didn't bring pants. Like I had a suit jacket and I had ordered (laughs) pants and I was so depressed and out of it that I didn't want to go to Old Navy to buy pants. So I I just shot my shot on Amazon Mm -hmm. and I ordered pants. Didn't try them on until the morning of the funeral. Realized I couldn't button the pants. Yeah. So I... Went to my mom's funeral with the top button, not buttoned on my pants at my yeah. mom's funeral. She would have been so ashamed of me that <laughs> I did not have correct fitting pants. So I walked around in a black suit with my button unbuttoned, my gut like hanging. I was trying to like have man spanks on there. Yeah. It was insane. But those are the moments where you're like, it's kind of funny to me now. But in the moment, I was just like, you mu- you idiot. You're disrespecting your mom with Amazon pants.
2: Well, here's the thing, though. Now that you've been through it, you're like, you're just trying to survive. You're in literal fight or flight. The best advice I ever got from one of my other girlfriends who had lost a parent right before my dad died. She was like, just wait. The ignorant comments you will hear from people who have never been through this will be shocking and astonishing. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, no, you'll see. And then sure enough, like one of the first people who came up to uh, me at my dad's funeral literally was like, you know, he's in a better place. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's, you know, or like everything happens for a reason. If people, and I want to tell you this, right? if anybody tells you anything happens for a reason, everything happens for a reason regarding your mom's death you punch them in the teeth and you walk away you never speak to them again because that is an ignorant hey Heather, it's person me. i'm calling from jail
1: <laughs> will you bail me out i'm in la county right now i did what you said i hit yeah. somebody turned out it was not good
2: yeah um, allegedly allegedly oh. and yes i will be there with bail money
1: well, the thing I always get now, and I think you probably get the same, and it's so sweet, it's such a nice, but like, I know your mom's listening in heaven, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if my mom is listening to a podcast in heaven, that is not heaven. <laughs> that is, is not no heaven. There is no way, could you imagine, you're that, you know, like, and I know my mom's proud of me, I know all of this stuff, but if my mom's going like, Apple Podcast is not loading, <laughs> there's too many commercials, like, what, is, like, if that's heaven, like, we're, we're still listening to podcasts in heaven? Like, I thought we were going to escape all of this.
2: Yeah, that's hell that's really hell it's just people <laughs> pushing their millions of pod- Listen, we're both podcasters but there are days where i'm like i don't even want to hear myself you know what i mean I'm like what are we yeah. doing here oh um, yeah um, oh yeah you're re- also you know when people would say that like your dad's everywhere i would i panic the first time i heard that i was like can my dad see me have sex you know what i mean i was like is this weird yes it's like yes. that's weird
1: it, it, i mean it's weird that you that even thought pops into your head but it does pop into your head or even when you're like is my mom watching me wipe myself right now? Yes. Like, is it just, am I yes. doing this? And then I've like, <laughs> will, it will pop into your head. And then I like, I thought I lost my wallet the other night. And now I've like, I don't even know my relationship really with God, but I'll be like, you know, please God help me not lose my wallet or I hope yeah. it's not lost. And now I've done that with like, hey mom, if you're up there, please help me find my wallet. I'm now saying that to my mom. And I just thought yeah. how bizarre that I made that automatic switch from God to mom. Like, mom, if you're up there, help me out with this.
2: I mean, I talk to my dad all the time. I literally am like walking down the street and I'm like, dad, let me know if if I'm moving in the right direction. Like, give me some guidance. My dad always comes back and you have to be open to this. You have to look for this. But my dad always comes back as a bumblebee or a yellow jacket. Um, His school alma mater was the uh, Georgia Tech University in Atlanta and their mascots a, a bee. And every single time, I mean, at my wedding, I saw bees. Um, When I was walking in to shoot my special, I was like, Dad, let me know if you're there. And there were bees everywhere by the backstage. Like, shit will be very obvious. they're not
1: stinging you, are they?
2: Well, right after my dad died, I got stung twice on the shoulder by two different bees. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was down in Florida, and I hadn't been stung since I was like a kid. And then I think that was him being like, this is how I'm going to come visit you. I literally he's everywhere. He literally your, is everywhere.
1: Those were like I have notes on the uh, stand up you did at my funeral. Sting, <laughs> yeah. sting. Yeah. Yeah, bitch.
2: Yeah, bitch. That was not a tight 10. That was a sloppy 25 and we could have done better. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I really hope I get some signs or I hope I do have dream. I, I mean, I hope. I will we'll, we'll see what the future holds.
2: Be yeah. open to it.
1: Um, your dad voice also by the way makes me laugh every day. <laughs> Listen, little girl. Little, yeah. I I, I can't, makes me laugh so much. I just I just love the voice.
2: Thank you. My dad was such a southern guy and uh, he'd say words like instead of wrestling, it's like wrestling, you know, (laughs) so he'd always be like, hey, baby girl, hey, baby girl. And my dad was one of those dads who like loved being a girl dad. He was obsessed with it. He was obsessed with my sister and I. So I always just grew up with this like strong male figure who's like, baby girl. You know, you need to get a bigger bra. Those tits are just, they're growing. And, you know, and like, it's weird to anybody else. But to me, I was like, no, my dad was like, hey, tits look good. You know, I don't know how to describe it. It's creepy to everyone else. But my dad was just constantly giving me confidence. You know, he's like, hell yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey little girl uh, yeah, yeah. Is, um, We got about 10 more minutes here yeah. And I wanted to talk uh, You watch reality shows, right? Yeah, you just did, you fell asleep watching Salt Lake City last yeah. night, I believe Any thoughts on any of the Bravo shows right now? Salt Lake City, I feel like, is, is really on another level this season It's completely so good. I feel like I'm wasted every time I'm watching it Because I can't believe what I'm seeing Is that the same feeling you get?
2: Yes, let me tell you something Mary, Mary coming back is the greatest television period When she turned to Heather Gay and said uh, that, like her, you know that statement necklace looks terrible with that sweater. It's too much. I died. I choked. I threw up. I was unwell. I was like, "This is such good television."
1: I know. People want to argue that Mary cut. They're like, "She's a horrible person." I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes, she is." Nobody is saying that these are good. people. Nobody. Of course, she's horrible. Of I'm not inviting her to Thanksgiving. Are you kidding me? Like, no. I want like just come in and rips. I know she's crazy or whatever. I know that. I don't. I don't care. That's
2: why we watch it. I don't watch it to see,
1: like, morally
2: sound people making great financial decisions. Like, that's not why you watch The
1: Housewives. What are we talking about? I mean, listen, it goes too far when they go to jail. Like, I don't want to see them go to jail. I mean, unless they did Criminal Acts. But, like, that's too far for me. But this season is perfect because I don't have to worry. Like, Jen already's is behind bars. Mm -hmm. I think it picked up. And that's. did you see the scene with Meredith and her son snowshoeing? When no, I haven't like, seen that yet. Oh, my God. It was towards the end of Wait. the episode. He's wearing these snow goggles, driving his mom, Meredith. And Meredith's always like, just like, Be-be. It was so bizarre. And then he's like jumping around on snowshoes while Meredith is like giggling. Like, Hee-h-h-h-h-h-h-h. it was so insane. It's, it's my favorite show.
2: I'll tell you, I really think Salt Lake brings it. You know who I was so disappointed with? And I feel I'm going to get some heat from this. New York was like, nobody on that show had energy. Except Brynn, Brynn made good television. I literally was like, "These, uh, give me something." You could tell that they nobody was really friends before the show started filming,
1: and I. So that's the mistake with a lot of casting. And the original Roni, they all knew each other, and yeah. so that relationship they already had that foundation. So what we're watching is that foundation being built. But I did like. Listen, I like new women's stories, and I like like okay, like we're investing in this first season. Rome wasn't built in a day, but mm-hmm. Bryn is one of those people like Lala and Vanderpump. She like speaks in talking heads. It feels like she's a like a cast member on Friends all the time. Like she's mm-hmm. like has a laugh track. Mm-hmm. Like she, pra- you know. And so it'll be interesting to see where they go. I thought the finale was a complete disappointment. It was just like womp womp.
2: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree
1: with all that. Um, did you get into the Vanderpump drama drama at all?
2: So, interesting enough, I have never I was never into Vanderpump. I just literally I'm like I just it's could self-care. never get into it. It's self, yeah. it really is self-care. Yeah. But then obviously, when the whole scandal went down, I started started from the beginning, and I am still catching up. I'm still not even there. And I'm like this is crazy. But also talk about morally corrupt people. Everybody who's ever been on that show period, including including Lisa, morally corrupt. Holy shit. <laughs>
1: and then I was watching this they have this show Special Forces on Fox where Mm. they take these like different levels of celebrity which by the way never do this show never never do this show with Tyler Cameron, the model like uh, uh, projectile vomited last night, so I was excited oh. about that. Okay, because everybody's like he's so good looking, and when good looking, yeah. like they deserve to be taken down a peg. But this Tom Sandoval is like, dude, he's like people are freaking out about cheating. I'm on reality, dude, and it's like I love that he's so pissed that he's the one that got truly busted for cheating. And he's like this is normal, dude, in what I do. <laughs> I love that he's still making excuses. Like we just accept, like women out there have to accept if you're Chloe, if you're any, that men are gonna cheat on. and you better be okay with it.
2: I loved how they shot it too. How he was sitting on his like little military cot and he was like bitching about it. You know, he's like, yeah, this is, you know, everybody blew the shit out of proportion. I'm like, no, you're a horrible person. Okay. She was in the wrong too, but you're also a really scummy guy.
1: He goes, my publicist has never seen anything like this. I'm like, your publicist? Okay. Oh, okay, great. I'm sorry. It's it's like God, your family, and your publicist. Like yeah. my publicist is shocked. You also have the um, you have the
2: lateral list down perfectly. My publicist has never seen anything like this.
1: Well, there's a light list that I really yeah. accentuated that nobody yeah, it's really perfect. catches. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, Anyways, what are you, so you got pressed for the next like until the end of your life potentially and then you're yeah. back this weekend on stand up. Uh, you went out last night to not go crazy, but are do you have any crazy nights planned where you're like I am going to go get tanked?
2: Okay, here's the thing. I I have been wanting a night out. I have want, I'm wanting a club scene, but the problem is I can't do that for another like 4 weeks. The night after I shoot my, the night I wrap my special in Atlanta, I'm gonna get blitzed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I will be face down, ass up. Now, uh, tonight after Watch What Happens Live, we are gonna. um.
1: Oh my God, you're on Watch What Happens Live tonight? Yes,
2: tonight. So tonight we're gonna get pretty tipsy, but then I have to like be up and like bright eyed and bushy Who tailed are you with? to do press. Uh Monica from, uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City.
1: Monica's here right now at the Betches offices right now too. Dude, did you, so you watched probably tonight's episode. They probably gave it to you in advance. Monica and her mom have a in, very interesting relationship.
2: I know. And I know that's going to be one of the questions that they're going to be asking me about. Like, what do you think about that relationship? And I'm like, listen, I live with my mom. Like it is like either way you're damned if you do damned if you don't with the mom relationships. So you just got to take it. You just got to take it. <laughs> Bend over and take it. These women are never going to change. They're in their sixties and seventies. Like you, just got to roll with it.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, Monica's killing it for the first season. Yeah. I mean, she. I mean, she already admitted. I mean, that she slept with her brother-in-law. I mean, okay, the, the, that
2: that stressed me out. That stressed me out so much. That's I like was a wild like, wild admission. I did not. I was not okay with that. And then she's the basically the whistleblower for Jen Shaw.
1: Again, Why, Heather, why tonight, are we tonight? Make sure she's not wearing a wire. If you talk to her at any point, she's no. probably collecting information.
2: I literally am like, so you're a narc. I mean, you know, that's what I want to say. I'm like, I'm really, like, snitches get stitches. (laughs) I don't want to be associated. Bring a shank
1: with you. Bring a shank of uh, some sort. Honestly,
2: I was surprised. I got to be honest, from, like, a legal perspective, I was surprised that she was, like, went on the show. Obviously, like, it's a nice paycheck. But I'm like, are there any, like, creepy... Repercussions. I would just be nervous that somebody out there who like had been swindled by Jen Shaw might do something crazy. That's just where my. That's mind why goes. reality
1: shows are great because yeah. me and you are thinking that way. Yeah. they don't. They do. They just see Instagram followers selling tummy tea. They see the like the whole like yes. the heaven and earth being opened up to them, and mm-hmm. they just have to admit everything that they've done weird in their lives, and it's worth it for them.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, no, I would be in witness protection. You know, I would be like nervous (laughs) nelly, but I'm excited to meet her. She's stunning. I mean, I think she's an iconic um, addition to the cast. So, you know, I stand for Salt Lake City.
1: Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to watch that. I can't wait to watch that. Um, and then finally, you yep. talk about vision boards. What's on your vision board for the next couple of years? You had Netflix special on yeah. there a couple of years ago in 2020. What's the new vision board? Are you make, Do you have an assistant make your vision board now? No, I, no I'm, I'm
2: making it. No, no, no. It is what I do to treat myself. And um, when I'm hung over on like New Year's Day, I take an edible, I make my vision board, I do my arts and crafts, I tune it out, and I just get in the zone. No, I mean a goal for me is to host SNL and um, to get a, you know be doing more acting and TV and film and and I just want to make cool shit and I want to play other people. I'm sick of myself. Let me go play somebody else. I'm ready to put on a wig and play like a you know a, a cafeteria lady who does meth but has a heart of gold.
1: You know. <laughs> Wait, uh, studios, if you're listening, let's Hello? get that strike over with. That is a that's a multi picture arc right there. That is huge. Yeah. Um, well, I think that and more is all coming for you. Like I said, just like that laughter I needed so much last night. And I know you guys out there are going to need this. Her podcast, absolutely not. The Comeback Tour, I'm sure it is all sold out. But go to her website. I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. I'm going to try to get a ticket to the L.A. show because I yeah, want to I- see this new special. I'll hook I really- you up. Uh, oh, my God. That's, I really do. I mean, what a, what a great night I had last night watching it for the second time. But, Heather thank McMahon, you. you did not need to come here. So I want to thank you so much. No, thank you. This you is really, one of the
2: best, best really podcast interviews I've had in a really long time. You're so great at your job. You're also making fire premium content. And you know what? Fuck yeah to be a New Friends. I, I'm obsessed.
1: Yeah. Can I put this on my website? I'm going to put that as a pull quote. I'm going to put that. Please. Heather said she. <laughs> yeah, and if
2: you don't, if you don't quote me, I, I will leave a nasty <laughs> up review. Uh, I'm on the your link.
1: website. I'm on your website right now. Where <laughs> the fuck is my quote? Exactly. Um, man, I'm so I was so nervous for this. So thank you for making this delightful. Oh my God. Thank and you. I hope I'll get to talk to you again sometime. Really?
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. Anytime. You're at the top <laughs> yeah. of the list. I got you. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> so Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey at gmail.com and follow the show at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash sobaditsgood. Stay bad, baddies.
0: Betches.